Hey guys, I'm Ashley. And I'm Amanda. And this right here is Allegedly. We are so glad you're joining us and would love to grow the Allegedly family. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching Allegedly TCP. Our website link can be found on any of the social medias or in the show notes below. You can email us at allegedlytruecrime at yahoo.com. Also, please rate, review, or share this podcast on whatever platform you are listening to us on. All right. So before we get into the episode, we just have a couple housekeeping situation things to talk about um i don't know if we sound any different i think i think we do because i listened back to like our intro and our opener and i think we do sound a little different don't we sound a little different do you think we sound different that's how fast you're talking i just told you i get super nervous um, and anxious about it wasn't the whole time you're talking it's just like two words um yeah i think we do i think this microphone the girthy microphone we got here is um The girthy microphone. It's girthy. It is girthy. Um, It's short, stubby, and girthy. Um, But at any rate, yeah, no. So huge shout out to the person who gave us our first donation. Um, We have a microphone now. So another shout out to Blue Yeti, which is the maker of the microphone. Because this thing rocks. It's a cool freaking microphone. Um, So yeah, shout out to James... Thank you, James. For our first donation. You rock. Yeah, seriously. Um, In other news, last week we spoke about Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham. Yes. Uh, We got our first, like, it's not an email because she didn't send it in an email. Um, But we got our first, I guess, review. It's it's almost like an official review of an episode. Um, I'm not going to give out names. Uh, but I did ask for permission to read this, um, and I was given the okay, so I'm going to do that, um, and then I'll, I'll say something else afterwards. Uh, so we got this, I'm just going to call it an email, even though it's a Facebook message. Whatever, it's just easier, I guess. We got a message. We got a message. We got our first message. Yeah. Um, so this person said about last week's episode, so much to say about this episode today. I dated someone, obviously not my current husband, that my father did not like at the time. We were young and engaged by 16, but never in a million years would I ever think about murdering my family. He was mentally and emotionally abusive, though. He told me his family was more important than mine. He didn't allow me to go to my aunt's funeral. He told me I couldn't visit my sister at college because she was a whore, and etc. Again, mentally and emotionally abusive. Who's to say that Kim wasn't like that to Lucas or Lucas wasn't like that behind to Kim behind closed doors? This episode really hit home, but I definitely feel like they didn't get what they deserved. They needed life in prison for sure because it was premeditated. And I completely agree. I think, but you and I said in, was it Ira's episode? I think, or it was the controversial one with Skylar. Um, where no, you know, no matter what, somebody's always unhappy with. Yeah, that's true. Nobody's out. You can't, you can't please everybody. And that's nope. just like a rule for life. So 
I mean, I, I do love that we got our first message. Um, I love that you guys are listening. I love that the episodes and what we're talking about somehow resonate with people. Um, it's unfortunate that it does. It's unfortunate that this person who sent the message had to go through something that resonated like that. Yeah. I too have had abusive boys in my life. Um, I like that you use the word boy. Yeah. Um, but you know, honestly, we're going to get into, I mean, but look at Kim and Lucas. Um, I wonder if they're, they're still just, together in prison. Yeah, I don't know. They're just children who married their, or uh, murdered Mur their family. So, like, but yeah. we do have stories where parents are murdering their kids, this, that, and the other. People are freaking nuts. Yeah, this world so, has gone to, what do you say? Yeah, that. Yeah, so, uh, kudos and thanks to the person who sent the email or message. You know who you are. Thank you for listening. We love you dearly. Yes. Um... Those of you who want to send a message and aren't personally friends with us on Facebook, again, we have the email address that we provided with um, the opener. We also have Instagram. We have Inst Facebook. Yeah. We have a website. The website is super handy dandy, just like Blue's Clues. It's so easy to access and navigate. And Seriously, all you have to clickable. click. Yeah, you just have to click contact us and then it tells you what to do. It's... So anybody who yeah. wants to request cases or just send us messages, please feel free and take advantage of that. We would love, love, love to hear from you. And when you do, please let us know whether you want us to use your name or not, um, or if you even want us to read it on here, or if you just want to tell us something personal and keep it like between us, yeah. we're fine with that too. We would love to hear from you. So I quickly need to say something about last week's episode. Amanda and I kept saying that Kim and Lucas were 13 years out through the entire episode without realizing that they aged at all. <laughs> so from the time that they met to the time of the killings, they did age. They had birthdays. Yeah, so they were like 15 by the time they actually <laughs> killed. <laughs> so... My apologies on math and speaking. Whoops. That was an issue. But we also, this one pains me mainly because James yelled at me thoroughly about it. But we talked about our website and everything that's on there. And then we verbally gave a thanks, a special, special thanks to Joshua. He's the one that created the music. Right. And we, we thank him super much. A lot. Super. Yeah. Super yes. duper much. Um, however, when I said his last name, I said it was Anne and I, I was yelled at as James listened to the episode and I retaliated back with whatever. Yeah. So I just want to, in case Josh does listen to this, um, no worries. James already chewed me out for it, but his name is Joshua Aim. And he is freaking amazing with everything. In fact, uh, he is working on a little transition fun for us. Oh, it's going to be so good. Um, we have some special things coming up with oh, that. it's going to be so good. But he also asked for our new logo because though I know that we're only on, what, this is episode five? Um, at first, when Amanda and I created Allegedly, we had one logo. No. Um, after... I thought about it more because I had created it. Um, I did not like it. 
it was too dark. Um, so I created something lighter, which is the logo that we have now, which has grown on Amanda, I think. Yeah. And I absolutely love it. And I think it's just easier to find. Yeah. It does um, stand out. It stands out a lot more. Um, so Josh actually messaged me and he's going to play around with it because I don't know if any of you listeners know, but he created a little video of our last one, our last logo. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to do it again. He's going to animate this logo. Oh, nice. So Thank you. he's got a cool idea, he said. So he's working on that. So he's doing all out of, all of this just out of the goodness of his heart. Um, so big thanks to Joshua. Thank you. Yes. Ain. Joshua. Ain. Yeah. And he does a lot of music and you can find him at www.diaryofasynth.com. Um, he is on YouTube. You can find that. He's got some super cool things as far as like sleep sounds and lullabies and creepy music and on YouTube, he's got videos and photos that go with it. Yeah. I did uh, actually just, look him up. He's got some nice stuff. Yeah. So, big thanks to him. All right. So, let's jump in, sort of, to the story today. Uh, first, I want to say that this case, I have never heard of it. Um, it was requested by Patrick M., one of my besties. Um now, it's because he was sitting in my living room, and I needed a case, and he just dee 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 on his phone, and was like, here, do this one. So I dee 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 dee, and then looked online, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be super easy. I might get five pages of notes. This is not going to take long. I How many pages of notes do you actually have? 29. <laughs> <laughs> so sucked you right in. I really thought <laughs> that this was going to be a super easy case to cover. Lies. Just straight up lies. Another thing I want to say before we start. It's going to be a three-part series? It, it, it's, it's probably going to be a three-part series. But that's not what I wanted to oh, say. what were you going to say? It's, it's in Germany. So you really won't be able to pronounce any of the names. I'm not I'm going to do my best. We apologize in advance. If it's any consolation, uh, my boyfriend will kill me later and call me out on everything I say wrong. That's I know very he, true. Will. he will. So <clears throat> I have not gotten to the point of being able to use like google translate while i mean our setup is still fairly new yeah like i'm still trying to figure out how to navigate all these devices that i have in front of me you're over there free you have space and breathable i have blue lights attacking me you do it's there's a lot going on over here so do you want me to sit on your lap and that way we can both have the lights in our face i no oh can't say i do i you know what I love you, but I, I like looking at your beautiful face across the table. I I think I would get even more anxious if I had a son in your lap while doing all this. Or yeah. you're going to sit on mine? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's sitting on anybody's lap. It's not going to happen, so it doesn't matter. 
<laughs> and I don't think Ramses would quite like the fact. Oh yeah, he, he keeps coming over to. Yeah, he likes to bother you. Yeah, snuggle my nose. Yeah. If for any of you that are listening, and have no idea what that was. That was me talking about my cat who likes to come check on us while we are recording. And I don't like cats, but Ramses seems to really like me. So now we're just besties. Yeah. So every once in a while, he'll come in and just be like, "Oh, you still doing this?" And he'll come give Amanda lovings, and then just like walk away. Yep. And that's it. So, today's episode is called The Murders at Hinterkaifeck. Okay? I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> you, I look very confused right now, everybody. It's going to leave you with more questions than answers. The entire case will. Um, due to the lack of information. Okay? And I say lack of information knowing that I got 29 pages. <laughs> um... And those questions will bug the living crap out of you because there are no answers to them. Do you want me to tell my little anecdote story right here? Sure. Uh, when I was researching this, I had some weird shit happening in my house. Oh, yeah. So I have, I, I mean, I'm going to say this very confidently and maybe most of you or some of you don't believe in ghosts. Uh, I've got one living in my bedroom. And it's been there for, like, half a year now. Um, and I know it's there because I can feel the darn thing lay next to me or on top of me. Yes, it lays on top of me. I can feel the weight of a body laying on me. My cat is scared to death in my bedroom. It's growling at nothing near the wall. It's, it's just, it's like the cat is possessed only in my room. Um, it, it acts like it's playing peekaboo with something underneath the bed while it's sitting on the bed. It's almost like, so Ramses will sit on the bed and look over the edge of the bed and it's almost like somebody's coming underneath the bed and popping out because then he'll jump back. Oh my gosh. And then Ramses will go to the edge again, peering over, being just fine. And then it would be like somebody scooted out again and Ramses will jump back. And I'm like, dear God, he's playing with the ghost. What's really fun is when I feel the ghost sit next to me because I can feel dead cold, ice, iceberg cold on my skin, just usually on my right side, on my exposed skin. So I know that it's now here. It's not a draft. It's only wherever I can feel it. I know it's there. What's really fun is that I think Ramses can see it or at the very least, obviously sense it. And then Ramses attacked my arm, the right arm, where the ghost would be. I felt the ghost. I got attacked. I had to, um, and I say attacked because I had to pry him off of me. His teeth were sunk into my muscle on my arm. So I had to pry him off of me. Um, so that being said, a lot of weird things were happening uh, during the research of this episode. Um, I was sleeping and all of a sudden something was knocked off of my dresser. Okay. In the middle of the night. And I'm like, what was that? I didn't know it was knocked off my dresser. I'm like, what was that? So I turned the light on and I thought maybe my cat knocked something off. Uh, it scared the cat too. The cat was in the top of my closet sleeping in one of my little boxes. Yeah. Cat is sitting up. Something's knocked off of the dresser. The cat didn't do it. The cat was nowhere near it. So I was like, all right, whatever. So I turned the light off. 
go back to sleep. And then all of a sudden I hear a loud bang. And I was like, what is that? Now, mind you, I live in an apartment building. So I was like, well, it didn't sound like it was in my bedroom, but it did sound like it was in my apartment. So I got up. It's like 3 a.m., which, by the way, is witching hour. Yeah. That's like when the ghosts like to play. It's also when my son likes to wake up. So that's now <laughs> oh, making story me, for another day. <laughs> that's like making me question everything now. Um, so I come out now to give you a little layout of my house. My kitchen, um, my bedroom walks into the kitchen. And yeah. then off of the kitchen is where we're recording right now in the kitchenette. Or breakfast nook, whatever you want to call it. So I walk out of my bedroom into the kitchen and kind of like stumble because lights are off and I don't see. And I stumble and I'm like, what is that? Get to lights. It's, it's, it's a wooden sign that I have hanging above my sink. But um, the wooden sign is across the kitchen. Well, so that's what the loud noise was. It fell that far. It it flew. It it f- traveled far. Yeah, because it, it crossed literally. Yeah. Um, if it fell, because it is held up with command strips. But I've lived here for two and a half years, and it has never fallen since day one. Since I put it up, it has not fallen. If it had fallen, it would have fell right Down. into the sink. Yeah, which would have made a noise, but it wasn't anywhere near the sink. It flew across. It was yeah. The kitchen. So, so much happening with this. But let's get into the story. Okay. All right. Germany. Do we know what year this is set? Oh, yeah. So, March 31st, 1922. I feel like I should have been alive in the 20s. Just throwing it out I know. There. 20s and 30s are our dig. Yeah. I, did I just did I just make a new thing? Because I feel like I've never heard that in my life, but I just totally said it. I said 20s and 30s are our dig. What's that mean? It's our thing. I meant it's our thing, but it came out as our dig. I like it. It's fitting. I like it. I. It's going to be a thing now. That's so fetch. I don't like that. <laughs> you know what that's from? Yeah, I don't. Isn't that from Mean Girls? It sure is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back it's to our it. dig, though. That's, that's, I dig, I dig that. I dig it's our dig. It's a lot of digging for murder. I would dig anything. All right. Moving on. <laughs> So, March 31st, 1922 was a big day for different parts of the world. It was a Friday, and we all know what a great day that is, right? You like Fridays? People are getting out of work. The kids are getting out of school for the weekend. That's precisely why I don't like it. Nowadays, though, allegedly drops on Fridays. Yes, well, I like that. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. But depending on where you live, March can be a hit or miss weather-wise. Yeah. We here in lovely Binghamton are still experiencing winter then. Yes, unfortunately. We're on like our sixth month of winter. Yeah. Why do we still live here? I don't know. I grew up here and it's like I haven't left. Hmm. Uh, But for one family in Bavaria, Germany, snow played a big part in this this case. Um, And this mysterious events that led to a night of terror. (gasps) But let's do a little fun thing. Bavaria is a free state in Germany. The capital of Bavaria is Munich. You've heard of Munich, Germany? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. The Gruber family. Gruber? Gruber. Okay. Lived about 43 miles north of Munich in a place that's now called Wadehofen. 
when I googled Wade Hofen, it did not come up with much. That's so how tiny. small it is. Uh, one site said of the location, it said status, very small place. <laughs> that gives you a very good idea. Small very place. small place indeed. The square mile of the area is 10.55 miles squared. That's it. Very, very small place indeed. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The population in 2020 was 2,322 people. Oh my God. Um, other than that, there was not much more information. I couldn't tell you anything else. So we're going to look up Bavaria instead. Okay. Bavaria is both the oldest and largest state in Germany. It's home to 12.9 million inhabitants. And as of 2016, um, it encompasses over 300 cities and towns. Oh, wow. So way yeah. bigger. The first Nobel laureate for physics. Oh, Wilhelm Conrad, I don't even know what that word is, Rongen. Sure. It's R-O-N-T-G-E-N, but over the O are those two dots. What does that mean? I don't know. It, I, just, I have no idea. James will tell me later when he listens. Um, he made his home in Munich, Bavaria. Uh, he's most famous for discovering x-rays. Yeah. Do you like Levi jeans? No. Oh, well, then <laughs> you won't care about this next point. But Levi Strauss, a German-American businessman who founded the first company to manufacture blue jeans, came from the Bavarian town of Buttenheim, which is north of Nuremberg, which means nothing to me. <laughs> okay. But Bavaria is home to Oktoberfest. Oh, okay. I'm familiar with that. An enormous festival that has been held in Munich for actually over 200 years. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew it was a Germany thing. I didn't know it was for that long, though. That's it's been around time. for that long. The first October test... Fest? Fest. Test. <laughs> the first Oktoberfest took place in 1810 to honor a Bavarian crown prince Ludwig's marriage. But today it's associated with German beer, cuisine, and Bavarian culture. The world famous... Neuwitschenstein Castle is located in Fusen, Bavaria. Again, there's two dots over there. It's a castle? You. Yeah. It's actually a famous one. Huh. Uh, the fairy tale castle was built by King Ludwig II. I have never heard of the castle, even though it says it's famous. Yeah. It is gorgeous. I saw photos of it. We'll um, post photos later. However, for some context, the castle... In Disneyland, for Sleeping Beauty, yeah, was inspired by this castle in Germany. Oh, okay. All right, so that's that's how awesome the castle is. All right, so going back to what I said earlier about the location of the farm, Kaifeck was a very small community to the north of Weidenhofen. All right, okay. try to stay with me. About a mile, give or take, northeast of Kaifeck was the village of Gru Gruburn. Gruburn. Between them was a forested area known as the Witch's Wood. Oh, I don't want to go in there. All right. Near the top left corner of Witch's Wood stood the isolated farm that we're talking about, Hinterkaifeck. The farm was named by the locals as Hinterkaifeck. In German, the word hinter means behind. 
So the farm was behind the town of Kaifek. So Hinter Kaifek. Oh. All right. Okay. The farm was built around 1862 to 1864 range. All right. I'm going to need you to stay with me. There's a lot of changing of hands for the property. Okay. Um, I did attempt to make some sort of timeline, but I mean, feel free to take notes for those of you listening if you want, because it it's extensive. Uh, thank you to not only Patrick M. for requesting this case, but also listening to me rant about things that I found and then asking me logical questions so I could find more answers because it's just insane. So after being built... On February 9th, 1865, Johan Asim, Asim, something like that, bought the land in the buildings, okay, because it was, there were different buildings. It was a farm. Johan then transferred the deed to his son. Okay. Joseph. Okay. On April 24th, 1877, he just transferred it. All right. Okay. There, that's the difference. There's different purchasings and there's different transfers. Okay. All right. On May 14th, eight, 1977. Nope, that's 1877. I don't know how we just jumped a whole hundred years. I got so confused. That was a typo on my part. It's 18. <clears throat> so on May 14th, 1877, after the transfer, Joseph married Kazelia Sandwatcher. Okay. From what I could find, it looked like the couple had four kids. A daughter who was born December 15th, 1877, and died. It's questionable she was probably, like, stillborn. Uh, Martin Asem, who died at 37 years old. Cecilia Asem, who later married Joseph Starringer and died at 72. And then Andreas Asem, who died a few months after birth. The couple also employed Andreas Gruber as a servant. No relation to Hans Gruber, who fell from Nakatomi Plaza one fateful Christmas night, though. Oh. Please hold while she thinks that one through. Do you know what that means? No, I'm so confused. <laughs> you, nobody can see the look on my face. She's laughing because I am very confused. Okay, Hans Gruber is a character in Die Hard. We can thank James for that joke because he... Okay. No, you're not feeling that? All right. Well, hopefully some of the listeners got a laugh. I'm sure some of them did. Just yeah. not me. <laughs> had this been on video, though, it would have. she yeah. was quiet because she was thoroughly stumped and had no idea what was happening. Nope. Not even a clue. She honestly... I think she thought that wasn't a joke. Yeah. She thought I was actually just making note. And she had a smile on her face when she said it, so I'm like, oh my... What? I was waiting I... for it to click. So, on May 21st, 1885, Joseph Asim died. Okay. Do, is his wife still alive? I do not know how he died. He just died. Yes. Okay. As early as December 28th, 1885. She died. A few months later, we're talking. Kazelia concluded a marriage and inheritance contract with her servant, Andreas Gruber. So she married the butler. Or the serving hand servant. Yeah. Well, it's a contract. She, it just, she concluded a contract that included marriage, marriage and inheritance of the land. It wasn't an actual marriage yet. It was just a contract saying they were going to get married. And then he would get some of the land. 
the contract guaranteed Andreas half of the property. The contract really just functioned as a declaration of intent until the actual marriage happened. Okay. All right. Which okay. is so weird. It must have been like a 19 or It must have been just the thing that they did then. Yeah. That, it must have just been that. Um, he, be, he did become actually co-owner of Hinterkaifeck when they finally did marry on April 14th, 1886. But she married the servant. So? He died in May. She married him in December. Are we not going to sit here and say they weren't bumping uglies the entire time that she was with her husband? Do you think that's a possibility? Oh, well, yeah. I thought you meant that she... I thought you were saying that because you thought it was not good that she married below her. No. You are I'm coming saying, from the standpoint that it was so quickly, so it, something had to have been going on before right. he passed away. Was she away. cheating on her husband? Oh, 100%. I brought it to James. He did not think so. Oh, 100%. But how was she not? 100%. Where do you just... Oh, hey, let's write a contract to get married. So I do have a question. I could not find out how her husband, Joseph, died. They didn't, like, murder him, did they? And that anything is possible. I could not find out. So I don't know if they murdered him or if he just died of... James seems to think it was just out. She moved on with her life fairly quickly and murdered... I mean, it could anybody. be married. It could be either one because James does have a point. Back in those times, it was uncommon for a widow to stay a widow. Yeah, like they needed somebody. Well, she did have what a couple of kids that survived. Right. So. so maybe, maybe. I just find it weird that it was the servant. Could you find anything on find a grave for him? Oh yeah, I've we'll get to got that. Find a graves, but yeah, doesn't say what. Happened. Oh, for who, Joseph? Yeah. No, I could not find anything. I could not find anything on him. At the time of the wedding, Cazelio was 37 years old and Andreas Gruber was nine years younger, making him 28. That's weird for that time period. I just want to let you know, everybody questioned it. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people wondered if the fact that she had this land now made her attractive to him. That was, that was what was brought up in questioning because usually guys did not. Mary older. It wasn't a cougar thing then, you know? Right. So, and a lot of people just wondered, oh, maybe she's got the stability of a land and home. That's why he's going to marry her. But they did go on to three, have three daughters. Oh, wow. Um, however, Victoria was the only one that survived childhood. The other ones died young. Yeah. Again, the property changed hands. All right. Okay. So Cazelia and Andreas were 50-50. But on March 11th, 1914, Victoria was in a relationship with Carl Gabriel. All right. The property was signed over to Victoria and Carl the same way it was with Cazelia and Andreas. Okay. Victoria and Carl got married on April 3rd, 1914, now making Carl 50% landowner and Victoria 50% landowner. At the time, Victoria's half-brother Martin was still alive. Okay. He died in 1916, but while he was still alive during this change of hands of the property, that was technically his father's, who died, mm -hmm. his father's and his mother's, he was just paid with a small mother's estate as compensation. Hmm. wonder who the favorite child was in that one. I know. <laughs> Jeez. So on August 14, 1914, Victoria's husband Carl was drafted for World War I. According to the members of his unit, 
They said he was killed in a shell attack. All right. He died four days before his 26th birthday on December 12th, 1914, leaving behind pregnant Victoria. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. According to the German War Graves Commission, he rests in a comrade's grave at the War Cemetery in St. Laurent Blang Blangy. All of that's wrong. I'm almost <laughs> Good try. <clears throat> it's in Germany. I believe. Their was, this, was this going to be their first child together? Yes. That Victoria's pregnant? Yep. Okay. Their daughter was born January 9th, 1915, and named after Victoria's mother. So she's just Kazelia as well. So as we get going through here, um, I will be calling the younger Kazelia, younger Kazelia. Okay. Um, however, in 1915, both Andreas Gruber and Victoria Gabriel had been sentenced to prison time. Yes. Why? That is Victoria and her father, Andreas. For incest. consensual i don't know i don't know if, i don't know if that's even a word they used in the 1900s so we don't know if it, she was like hey yeah i'm into it or like oh yeah um, no i don't no, i'm being raped here i have no idea if it was consensual or if he like brainwashed her or anything the way that it was put in something but they i i don't know was they, the baby even her husband's yes but they had been both sentenced to prison time for this Probably because she was an adult then, I would imagine. She wasn't a kid, but uh, Victoria served a month in prison. Andrea served a year. In 1919, the town got talking like towns do Yep. when Victoria became pregnant again without anyone knowing of an actual, like, man in her life. Immaculate conception. <laughs> No. Doubtful. Yeah, doubtful. She gave birth to Joseph on September 7th and gave him the last name Gabriel. Okay. The name Why? she got from her first husband. Uh, was that still her last name? Well, yeah. Okay, so. The townsfolk right. talked like townsfolk do again. <laughs> and everyone said it was Andreas's child. Do we ever find out whose it was? Do you want to just, do you need a piece of paper to make lists of questions? No, I got to prepare my old noggin. Okay. This would mean that even after being arrested for incest, that Victoria and Andreas continued to have sex for four years after because he was born in 1919. However, Victoria listed on the birth certificate under father, L.S. Just initials, L. Who was all us? Right. So the incest was even more talked about of the town since Victoria Gabriel was called the lark in Groburn. Do you know what that means? It's a bird. I know what a lark is, yeah. And it sings amazingly. Right? So they named her the lark. She was known for her beautiful singing voice and considered to be one of the best in the area. She was in the church choir in Groburn. While sleeping with her daddy. With her daddy. So. The Gruber family had a maid for their large farmhouse. All right. And around September of 1922, 
the maid they had employed up to that point just resigned. Up and left. See ya. Adios. I'm out of here. Bolted like she was running from a bomb. Oh, my God. Yeah. Townsfolk. <laughs> Big hand to them. Where they, the town fo folk, they just, they gossip and they bring up some certainly good points. But they said it was because she could no longer stand the ghosts in the attic. <laughs> I don't know anything about this maid. I don't know her name. I don't know if that's certain, but she could hear things in the attic and she was done. She left. Not turning back at all. Oh my God. Yeah. So the farm went without a maid for six months. As the seasons changed to winter, some weird things began to happen around the isolated farm. Mind you, it's isolated. Yeah. One night, Andreas Gruber, who was now 63, told his neighbors that he found a set of footprints that headed out of the witch's wood and to his house. The odd thing was the footprints never went back. Could you freaking imagine, Amanda? You have, okay, so you have multiple buildings on your land. Yeah. On, okay. So I know it's, you don't have huge land, but you have a garage that's not attached to your house and right. then you have like a shed off mm -hmm. to the side. So let's just say, let's just say you saw footprints in the snow going to the shed from the road and never going back. What would you first think? There's someone living in my shed. Seriously. That's what I would think too. So that meant whoever came from the woods stayed on the farm. How big is the farm again? Do we know the acreage? Did I say acreage? I don't think I, I did. It's a decent size. Oh my. So, and there's multiple buildings. Where is this person? Yeah. 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 Well, the house, the footprints is led to the Is it LS? I don't know. <gasps> This was not the only odd thing that Andreas experienced. He made it a point to tell other villagers about a key that went to his home and it just ended up missing. He doesn't know where the key went to the house. It's just gone. Like it just vanished. Yeah. A Munich newspaper showed up. He and his family never purchased it. It just, hey, newspaper just formed out of nothing he had no idea where that came from and then there were marks on a lock to a shed that seemed as though somebody was trying to break in like trying to break the lock off yeah but it was only after his family said they heard noises in the attic and saw a man with a mustache watching watching them intently from the woods that andreas leapt into action all right he scoured the entire farmland and the buildings, but in the end, he found absolutely nothing. Andreas was known to his community as a grumpy old man, and despite the weird happenings, he refused the offer of some protection in the form of a gun from a neighbor. He was like, no, don't need that. We're good. Yeah. Uh... So, that's a lot of weird. And I'm telling you right now, uh, putting that stuff in is when I had weird stuff happening, happening. here. And I'm like... Uh, great. We're not even, like, three pages in. So, Maria Baumgartner did not have an easy life herself. Maria is the new maid. 
Oh, okay. She struggled through jobs with her mild mental and physical handicaps. Not sure what those were. It didn't say, but um, she was quite happy and relieved to get a steady job as the new maid at Hinterkaifeck. On March 31st, 1922, Maria walked towards the farm with her sister. It's not certain if she had any idea why the previous maid left. Because I'm telling you right now, if I was becoming a new maid right, for a place, nobody would want to work. I'd be like, you know what? I'm good. Pass. Um, or if she even knew of the incest. Or the weird happenings on the farm. So we think she went into this blind and blind. Yeah. What we do know is that her sister left her there around 6 p.m. on Friday with the family after having, like, the Grubers brought in Maria and her sister, and they all just had, like, a little meeting and chat and just get to know the family kind of thing. Um, and then Maria's sister left. She would be the last person to see Maria, her sister, Andreas, Cazelia, Victoria, young Cazelia, and Joseph alive. They all died? Yeah, that's what that would mean. What? Why? How? Who? All right, so there's a story that goes around town like this. Around 11.30 p.m. on Friday, March 31st, 1922, Michael Plockel? That's wrong, but it's German, so. I don't like his first name or his last name, so. <laughs> he was walking past Hinterkaifeck when he noticed a glow from the outside oven on the property. Okay. He described a disgusting smell. <gasps> was it flesh? And smoke. A man was tending to the oven and turned towards Michael in silence, deliberately shining a light into his face to ruin his night vision. Why? What was he hiding? Michael was unsettled by this action and quickly just walked on and left and was like, peace out. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. So that's all there is to that. But then it, he took it back into the town and was like, look, Yeah, I so there's a debate about whether this actually happened or not. Um, the story is often told as coming secondhand from a local carpenter. Okay. Almost like a he said, she said. So okay. we don't know if it actually happened, but I thought it was super interesting. Yeah. So on Saturday, April 1st, we're April after, Fool's Day? After, okay. after the murders now. We're just going to yeah, skip well, over the murders. Okay, right. It all makes sense. We don't know end. anything. Yeah, it'll all be tied together. Um, on Saturday, April 1st, around 3.30 a.m. Witching hour. A butcher named Simon Reslander was bicycling home near Kaifeck when he ran into two teenage boys just acting strange. They were acting weird. They hid their faces from him, but not well enough. He recognized them as George Mater and Carl Bichler. And that's probably said improperly. I'm sure it's not Bichler. What were they doing? Why were Bichler. they trying to hide their face? However, he went about his business and went home. <laughs> Everybody in this story is like, I see something weird. I'm not telling anybody and I'm leaving. <laughs> Darn you people. I think the only one like who actually said anything about this, something weird's going on, is Andreas. But not wanting to do anything about it. <laughs> So once the morning came, two traveling coffee dealers, which is a different kind of drug dealer. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> coffee dealers 
I think we should bring those back. <laughs> I think we should. I think we should bring them back. Coffee dealer, what would you like today? I'll take a, a dime okay. bag, please. I'll have espresso. Three ounces of the dark beans, please. Okay. That's so funny. Um, so the coffee dealers stopped by the farm, but nobody, nobody answered. answered. The mailman also stopped by and just left some mail outside the farmhouse door. But, I mean... As mailmen now, usually do. Yeah. They don't normally... Maybe they did it differently back then, though. Maybe they had to see somebody. I don't know. It didn't say anything, so... Huh. The next day, Sunday the 2nd, Victoria was weirdly missing from church. You know, the singer. She was just not there. On the 3rd, which was now Monday, young Cazelia Gabriel, who was 7 at the time, was absent from school. And that's when the town had realized that not only was someone not showing up for church and someone not showing up for school, but none of the family had been showing up at all to anything. Nobody had seen them. Are they going to the do babe. something? Or are they just going to address to everyone, yeah, we know this, but we're not going to do anything? Well, the mailman showed up again because it's Monday. Right. The mail's got to go. So he noticed that Saturday's mail was, was still, still there. in the same place <sighs> where he had left it. However... He just left it Monday's mail and went. The townsfolk didn't worry too much because they had seen smoke coming from the chimney and the animals on the farm seemed to have been tended to. Like they weren't dying for food, water, or they've been cleaned up after. So they're like, everything should be fine because maybe they're just, I don't know. It's 2022. Now, you know, that you realize this is when we're talking about 100 years later. We are currently just coming out of COVID times and quarantine. Maybe they were like quarantining themselves from who knows what. TB, tuberculosis. Tuber that, that's correct. Tuberculosis. Yeah, maybe they were. But, I mean, so if you know, like, okay, I haven't seen the family in a while. Maybe something's going on, but they've got smoke coming out the chimney and the animals, animals are, are good. To, so we're not going to worry about it. So on Tuesday, April 4th, a repairman named Albert, Albert Hoffner was scheduled to fix an engine on the farm in like an engine room. Um, I didn't know what an engine room was. Uh, it turns out that it's almost like a generator house. Huh. Generates like electricity. Uh -huh. The place was oddly quiet when he showed up, aside from an occasional bark of the family's dog. Albert was on time for the appointment. And he waited for an hour for someone to let him into the shed. An hour this poor man waited. When nobody came to let him in, he forced his way in and began to service the engine. <laughs> he was like, fine, I'll do this myself. So, but remind me, it's 1922. And Hinterkaifeck is kind of like, I made my way all the way out there. I'm going to do, do my work. Do my job. Because yeah. I'm not coming back out here wasting my time again. Yeah. So when he finished at 2.30 p.m., he re-entered the yard and noticed something odd. <gasps> Footsteps again? Someone had tied the dog up to a post and a barn door was closed that had been open. He shouted out, trying to get the family's attention, but received no reply. So, you know, somebody's on the property. Oh, my God. Later in the day, the two coffee dealers, they're back. They stopped by Lorenz Schlittenbauer's farm. Okay? He was a neighbor to the Grubers and the Gabriels. But he lived in Groburn? Yeah, the okay. town that neighbored the Witches right. Woods. Not, yep. Okay. Okay, so the dealers commented, 
hey, the Hinterkaifeck farm seems to be like quiet and abandoned. I don't know what's going on there. Lorenz lived about 350 meters from the farm. For us Americans, that's like 383 yards. Does Which that still means nothing to me, but I, I was understand. I'm gonna go in miles, but it, it wasn't even like a mile. No. Lorenz became concerned with this. He was like, "Oh shit!" So he sent his two sons to check out the farm. His two sons were they? Yeah. The two boys that were previously no. seen. Okay. This was Johan, who's 16 years old, and Joseph, who's nine. He was like, boys. Wow, what an age difference. I am so worried about them. But I'm not going to go and check it out myself. You I mean, go. You guys go do that. So they later came back with the same news as everyone else. It's quiet and it seems like nobody's there. Uh, no one was at the Hinterkaifeck farm, according to these two kids. Did they try to go in the house or anything? Probably not. I think they just like knocked on windows and tried to like peek in but didn't see anything just was quiet and he didn't see like any movement or anything mind you there's six people which include the maid well you think you would hear this. or see something if they were yeah and it's what 2 30 ish yeah so yeah it's not like it's middle of the night or super early in the morning right thinking there had to be a good explanation Lawrence said i'm gonna go i'm gonna go he gathered two other neighbors, Michael Pohl and Jacob Siegel. And they set off, all three of these guys set off to see if maybe between them they could solve the mystery of where the family is. So I found a really cool site called Hinterkaifeck Das Wiki. And from what I gathered, it seems to be like a wannabe Wikipedia page, but only for Hinterkaifeck. And huh. it's in complete German. <laughs> Oh, so, okay. <laughs> but when I pulled it up on my laptop, since it's a German site, it was like, hey, do you want me to translate this to English for you? And I was like, yes, please. Please do that. I don't speak German, obviously. So I'm going to read you something here. And it okay. is quite lengthy. And parts of it are going to be hard to understand due to translation. Okay. But I just want to tell you a definition first. Okay. Lorenz is said to be a local guide. So for us Americans, I thought it was like a tour guide. Yeah, that's not what he means. No, absolutely not. According to the site, it means a local guide had the task of coordinating joint harvesting and grazing operations in smaller parts of the community, as well as representing the part of the community and its interests in the main community. I don't know what any of that means. That's all gibberish to me. But he was the mouthpiece of the part of the parish work towards the parish council, but without having the right to vote for any other function there. So, uh, do you know what a parish is? Yeah. It's, it's just like a county. Right. Okay. So, there's a lot that I don't understand there. A local guide probably also helped with, like, bureaucracy and provided information to local council, the people under his care. But sure. later, he is also called the mayor of Groburn. I don't know. He had an important role. Let's just say that. He was just called something and they just threw on a definition that I don't understand. So he did something. He did a lot of some things, it sounds like. So we're going to jump around for a moment. So I'm going to need you to stay with me, okay? I've been with you. I'm with you. On April 5th, 1922, Lorenz Schlittenbauer gave a statement to police about what he found when he went to the farm. So I'm going to read you the first few lines of that statement. All right. He said, quote, 
I am a local guide in Groburn, and I am married to the Grubers and their daughter, Victoria Gabriel. The latter has an illegitimate child, two years old, to whom I'm known as the father. Boom! It's LS. Okay, so what I thought- Oh, it's LS! <laughs> Why didn't I even realize that when you said his darn name? <laughs> oh, no. Oh! So, what I think this means is he's their neighbor- because it doesn't make any sense to be married to the entire family. Victoria wasn't married to him anyway. Right. That, that yeah. So, oh as Amanda has now come to realize, Victoria listed her son's initials as L.S. Loren Schlittenbauer tells the police he's the father he of knew. Joseph. <gasps> oh, my God. Are you going to gather yourself so I can go on? Go ahead. I'm, okay. I'm good. You're going to get a lot of the... <laughs> wish we're on video. She is now silently cursing everything. All right, so now I want to read you an excerpt of a statement he gave to police on March 30th, 1931. Okay, so several years later. Nine years after the murders. This interrogation was quite lengthy, but it goes through some backstory. Okay. All right. So I'm not going to read the statement as a whole, but I will link it on the Facebook page. Okay. Um, and in the show notes, just, or, you know, wherever we put our links, because we also have them on the website. So wherever you can find the source links, that's where I'll post it. Just in case you want to go through it entirely. Again, I am going to read it the way that it came up in English translation. Okay. Will it make sense? No. Not all of it. Use your, use your, put your thinking cap on. All right. So Lorenz says, quote, Victoria Gabriel was generally easy to get for sexual intercourse. <laughs> he is not holding back there. She is a whore. Okay, that go ahead. might. I. This is a side note. He did not say this, but I. Going back, that might be why she was sleeping with her father. She just needed. We figured it out. <laughs> that might be. She just needed sex. <laughs> she was like, I need some D M V. And daddy's the closest. So I live with him. So it's like all access. Forget my mother. That is disgusting. All right. So Lorenz continues. Soon after her husband's death, I once transported a cupboard for her. We drove together with my wagon and she offered me directly. She said, you could easily grab me now. But I didn't go into it at the time because I was still married. After the death of my wife, October 15th, 1918, Victoria Gabriel came to see me in the hay barn. She watched me there and suggested that I should marry her. At that time, my wife had been dead for about 14 days. I didn't say no because I thought I needed a woman for my estate after all. (laughs) There's so much to process. She also offered to have sex without me, expressing a wish in this regard. As she grabbed me, she threw herself onto the hay, and that was the first time I had sex with her. In the time that followed, because this happened a few more times, once she was slaughtering gooses, she said to me, let's get married, and took me to the coach house where she asked me to have sex. Up until then, it had never happened to me that a woman offered herself like that. All right. So, side note. She's a nymphomaniac. <laughs> She's like, uh, man, 
slaughtering geese really turned me on. So, uh, I'm going to need you to undress right now. Okay. What? These geese have to die. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> I, 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 why are she killing geese? First of all, probably for some sort of food. Food? You eat geese? It's 1920 something in Germany. It's 1931. 30. No, this, well, that's when he gave the statement. Oh, but this happened before. So, in in the 1900s in Germany. Okay, you have a solid point. There are people out there now in 2022 eating squirrels. (sighs) Rainbow cupcake. What does that mean? And I'm never taking any rainbow cupcakes from you. (laughs) My pre-Kers, we have windows in our classroom. And every time they see a squirrel, they're like, oh, squirrel, squirrel. So then we were like, oh, well, let's give a squirrel a name so we don't just got to say squirrel, squirrel every time we see a squirrel. So they, half the class wanted to name it Rainbow, and the other class, half wanted to name it Cupcake. So we were like, okay, it's Rainbow Cupcake. I was seriously disturbed by that when you first <laughs> said Rainbow Cupcake, and I thought you just randomly killed squirrels and put them in Rainbow Cupcakes. That disturbed me. Probably tastes like chicken. Let's... I, I bet they do. <laughs> and geese may taste like duck or chicken. I never had duck. Have you had duck? I've never had duck. I heard it's so good. I'm not bougie enough for that. I really like the word bougie. I really like the word bougie. Let's get back into what Loren okay. says. So he says, quote, She once suggested that I speak to her father about marriage. I don't remember exactly when that was. I only know that afterwards it turned out that she was already hoping at the time. But she didn't tell me anything about it. I really thought I could marry her. And so I once went to see an old Gruber and suggested that I marry his daughter. He agreed, as did his daughter. I then told him that I had made one condition, of course, and that was that he had to stop having sex with his daughter. (laughs) Let me guess. He said, I I, I ain't marrying her because I ain't stopping. So, Lorenz continues, (laughs) he should convert from his sins, and I will then lead his daughter on the right path. I also told him that I was a good Christian, and I didn't like such things. He then said, we'll see then. I knew it. (laughs) Andreas is like, "Uh, I don't really like you anymore. I don't agree with any of that. Lorenz continues saying, shortly afterwards, when I met his daughter again, she told me that she was still hoping. She also said that I was the father. I protested against this and told her, your father is there too. She replied, that's just the better thing, that I can say, father, you are also there, otherwise he would kill me. So I think that's a weird line that translation really took but i think she just wanted to eat have her cake and eat it too yeah you know what i mean she wanted to say hey you're the father but i'm also gonna sleep with daddy and i want my daddy to pretend to be daddy without you being dad it's yeah it's a whole hot mess doesn't it sound like something you would see on maury 100 percent. oh my gosh Continuing, Lorenz said, she also told me that my, fa- that my father was no longer happy with the marriage, but I still had to be the father. So, Andreas is like, no, I'm not doing this marriage thing because we need to stop having sex. So, I don't like that idea. 
but I still want him to be the father. So much for 1900s. Oh my god. Lorenz continues. I also got to talk to old Gruber when I was walking home from the meadow, and I asked him if he was serious that I had to do the father. <laughs> I think that just means be the father. We're not doing... Oh god. <laughs> it was about to take a weird, weird turn in my noggin. <laughs> I wasn't ready for all that. Thank god you... Uh, oh. Stop oh, me gosh. Lorenz continued. He persisted and started off with Heaven Lord. And when I told him I was going to report him, he said he didn't care. He then ran after me with a scythe and I ran away. What is a scythe? I don't know. We'll we'll Google that. Oh we'll Google that. But then I went into the house to find his wife and daughter while he was still on the meadow and asked them if that was really the case. The two women insisted, women insisted that I had to do the father and also explained that I had to pay. Originally, when Victoria Gabriel told me that she was hoping, she told me that I didn't have to pay anything, that I should just be the father. But then because he was so rude and also demanded money, I explained that I wouldn't do the father and I reported him for incest anyway. The procedure was initiated, and meanwhile, the child was born. On the third day after the birth, Victoria Gabriel came to me and offered me that she would pay all the money that constitutes paternity if I take over the paternity. Since she also insisted that we could still marry, I finally agreed. She brought me 2,000 marks straight away so that I could then pay the severance payment to the guardianship. End quote. So it seems that he backtracked a little here and has decided he's not the father of Joseph. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's very uncertain. He doesn't want to do the father. He doesn't want to be the father. They're saying he has to be the father. I feel like something's being covered up. Maybe the father is actually her dad, but she couldn't do that because that's illegal. They had already been put in jail for it once, right? Yep. So that being said, that's where my mind is going. That she listed him because she was already hoping that they could be married. Right. She couldn't list her ex-husband. He's dead. Right. And she couldn't list her father because she was already in prison for that once. Right. So she put down, and that's why she didn't write out the name maybe. It kind of feels like they were kind of like trapping him. Yeah. Again, reading this was like being on the Maury show. You are not the father. <laughs> Of course, I don't know at this point who is. We don't know who the father is. Um, can I put a plea out? If there are any DNA situation-like things for this case, can we get Maury on the case? Because I really need to know who the father is. I would love to know who the father is. Oh, my God. That, it's, I, can you get past any of that? It's so gross. It is so gross. It is so gross. And I really think she was addicted to sex. She definitely was, but he already said that. I mean, who the heck is killing geese and then being like, oh, take off your clothes? I don't understand. I... That is not a turnable on moment, but it is for her. She just, at any point when it entered her mind, she's like, all right, well, we're doing this now. With anybody, apparently. I don't know how that happened. Gravy.
All right. So that being said, um, I think we're going to stop here for part one. Are you joking? <laughs> no. No, because... Either. But now I have to... But now there's... Yeah, there's so much more. And there's a lot more, like, bombshell-like things. And I don't... Just I, like you people, I gotta wait till next week. Yeah, poor Amanda's gonna have to wait. Um, and like we said at the beginning, this very well could be three episodes, so you might have a cliffhanger next week. I don't know yet. Oh, I have so many questions. I know you do. And don't worry, because at the end of all of this, whether it's two weeks or three weeks, we'll get into our opinions and questions and comments and concerns. And hopefully you all can, like, email us with questions and comments and concerns that we have not thought about. But Yes. So that's where we're going to wrap it up. I hope you guys are just enthralled to this listen. This is a good one. Yeah, listen next week. Aren't you glad that I didn't just, like, sum it up to the five pages? There's so much. I I mean. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, thank you to Patrick who requested this again. And uh, thank you to that fake Wikipedia site that's in German. Yeah, had I'm going to have to look that up. Had I not found that, don't you dare. Uh, after we record. Nobody else Google anything. She's making a very mean face. Somehow so I will know. I <laughs> <laughs> will know who Googles what, even though I cannot talk to you people or see you people. I will know. Yeah. I will get the vibes. Um, but maybe don't Google anything. I don't suggest it, especially for, like, Amanda or anybody else. Because, like I said, when I knew everything that was going on, weird shit was happening <gasps> in my apartment. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. So nobody get all encompassed with us but yeah that's where we're gonna end and uh we will pick back up with more of this riveting episode next week um yeah i hope you guys have a great week join us again next week to hear what happens with the grubers and gabriels and the schlittenbauers and they have weird names well it's german schlittenbauer i think i think that's a strong name in the meantime, yeah, this is coming out Friday. It's a crazy, crazy weekend. Uh, nobody go out killing geese and try sleeping with others. And uh, hey, let's just uh, incest is still illegal. Oh, but yeah. By the way, yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't This episode is gonna have a lot of hey, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, Have a great week, guys. We'll see you again next week. All right. Bye. Bye.